Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is submission, with our main text coming from Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. But first, Miss Gloria Estes with the old rugged cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the symbol of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of loss. Secret. 
Was it love for the word or righteousness or hatred for unrighteousness? Was it his education, personality, or ability to talk, or abundance of labors? None of these. It was one what we call one word. Submission, S-U-B-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. And if you're not submissive to people, you can't ever do anything. Number one, submissive to a person. Lord, what would I have me to do? Had been breathing out threatening. Voice came from heaven. Saul saw why persecuted that me. Then beautiful submission. Lord, what that have me to do? And this is what we need to do. Ask the Lord if we're saved, a Christian. What what would I have me to do? What you want me to do, Lord? If you want me to teach a Sunday school class, I'll study and teach. If you want me to go on visitation, I'll go on visitation. If you want me to pray more, I'll pray more. If you want me to sing, I'll get in the choir. Lord, what would I have me to do? You just want me to be a door knocker. Like Huey Pay was by the Baptist Church in Johnson City. Church we started from scratch. And went on and built a nice church. Two nice buildings on three acres of ground. And uh, running around the 5200 every service. Running three buses. How did we do it? We were submissive to a person. The Lord Jesus Christ gave me the vision when he sent me to Junction City, Arkansas, when I was going to college. He said, I want you to start a church here. And we started a church three miles out of town on the left-hand side, going towards Shreveport, Louisiana, Bible Baptist Church. We was there for 43 years. The buildings are still there. The church is dismantled because the people stopped tithing they couldn't pay the bills. I'd sold it to a black preacher, his wife, a different denomination. He didn't last about a year, a little over a year. He messed up somehow or another, and there's no more church there. I think he's living in the church from back to back, in the prophet's room that I'd built, where him and his wife was still paying high rent. He was working in Ruston, but he stayed in that building and didn't go to work back and forth. Cheap for him to drive to Ruston every day. Then there was a rent down there and had his church building. So he paid the note with his rent. But now he's gone, he's messed up. His wife's gone. She got a lot of money from her folks and she left him and took off. He'd done something in church and we don't know what it was. He won't tell, he's ashamed of it. But he they closed the church down when he was running about 40, 30, 30, 40 people. He was building it back up. Not Bible Baptist, another denomination. Another denomination. I'm not, um, he messed up. So they don't have services there no more. Won't nobody listen to him. The second thing we need to learn, submission to a plan. Lord, what would I have me to do? What does God want you to do? He said, Brother Jackson, I want you to start a church in Johnson City, Arkansas. That's why I stayed 14 straight years and built a church. 
thought I spoke to Ananias too, and one thing cleared up for Paul, then straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he's the Son of God. God had a plan for Paul, and that's what he wanted him to do, is preach Christ Jesus in the synagogues. What did he hear the right gospel? Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit called for missionary workers, there was no debating, but obedience. The missionary worker goes wherever God sends him to go. When God called me, I went to Missionary Baptist APA College in Minden, Louisiana. I went there for a little over a year. And I left there and went to Mama Baptist College, Baptist Bible College in Shreveport. I didn't stay in it long. I got out of it. Preachers were trying to tell me I'd do something they didn't know themselves. And I went home and I told them, I said, come visit me. I'll show you how to build a church. We built it one. So when the Holy God and the Spirit calls for missionary workers, it's time for you to go. Let God take care of you. A lot of people won't do that if they got a good job. They won't leave that job because they don't think God big enough to take care of them. I closed down a car lot in Tioga, Louisiana, where I, I sold cars for about 35 years with my daddy and then me when he died. And I want you to know I had a good business. And the people that I bought, DL Future, Chevrolet Colfax, sold me most all these used vehicles. And he sent me six cars down there for nothing. I stayed open while I went to college and run it two or three days a week. And I told him no more, shut it down, I couldn't do it. Shut it down, sold all the stuff, and sold the land, give it to my mother while she could live. I said, when you run out of money, wherever I'm pastoring, you come live with us. When plan called for Paul to suffer, he was ready to, ready to fill up how he wrote in Philippians 3.10 that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made comfortable unto his death. Paul knew how to suffer. And sometimes we gotta suffer it. I don't understand it. Bad things happen to good people. They want to kill Paul a couple of places. And they finally killed him, cut his head off. And I want you to know that that he fought for the love of Christ. He was submitted to plan. God wanted him to preach, bring the gospel out. He wrote most of the New Testament, and he loved it. He loved to preach, and he went up against a lot of problems, but he stuck with it until his death. When called on to lose reputation, hear him in 1 Corinthians 4, 9 through 10, we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men, we are fools. For Christ's sake, sometimes you lose your reputation. We're fools for Christ's sake. Paul was a fool for Christ's sake. And we ought to be too. We ought not lose our testimonies. Our testimonies will people look at today. A lot of Christians don't have a good Christian testimony. They drink, they smoke, they curse, and they run women. When I was going to Minden, Louisiana, when I was going to college then, and I loved it. It's my type of people. But most of the preachers smoked. 
and I got on to them about it. Y'all not be smoking, that's not nice. People look at you in the world, they think something's wrong with you. When you're a preacher and you're smoking, some of the preacher's wives smoked. They shouldn't have smoked. And I fought that, but I couldn't change none of them. They did what they One old doctor in the law, he was real educated in the Bible. Told me one day, he said, if you show me in the Bible, what's the sin to smoke, I'll stop smoking. I gave him a verse of scripture, but he didn't listen to it. Listen to me, brother and sister in Christ. A Christian ought not to smoke. There's a bunch of them that do. And if you're a Christian, if you're a preacher, you sure don't need to be smoking. If you're a song leader, you don't need to be smoking. If you're a deacon, you don't need to smoke. If you're knocking doors and winning people to Christ, you don't need to be smoking. I think it's a sin. It's killing a lot of people with lung cancer and liver problems. But they don't think a thing in the world about it. I went to see a man one time with cancer in my church. He got out of my church. Said he couldn't take me anymore. I was too hard of a preacher. He went to another church, but he always come visit us. He loved my preaching. He just couldn't sit on it because it eat him up. He was a Mexican. I went to see him in a nursing home in Johnson City, Arkansas. And when I went in the room, I could smell cigarette smoke. He had just a little bit left to smoke, and he smoked it. And I got on to him. I said, brother, this is why you got cancer. This is where you... He said, well, I'm going to smoke until I die. I love it, and I'm not going to stop because of you. And that he had cancer that went from his... I think it's through his backbone. And when I went to see him in the hospital at Radar, so he was screaming and hollering. They sent him to Little Rock, Arkansas. I went to see him up there. He was screaming and all. That's when they found out he had that bad cancer. I forget what the doctor called it, but it was bone cancer. And it went through his spine, and he was in a lot of pain. And I want you to know, he died smoking his cigarettes, not thinking a thing in the world about it, in that nursing home. I felt so sorry for him because he couldn't put a cigarette down even. And that's what got him with that cancer, with bone cancer that killed him. And his name was Brother Martinez. And I liked him and he loved me. But the word of God got a hold of him and his family. His little girl wasn't living right. And I don't know about him, he must have been living right about something. I even had her in a Christian school one time. He couldn't pay for it. I left her in there for a while. Then I had to let her go, because money-wise. But uh, he kind of got mad at me about it. But I want you to know this. Sometimes you got to make some decisions you don't like. I kept as long as I could without pay. Then I couldn't keep it anymore, because I couldn't ordered her books that she needed and the paperwork that she needed. But I still liked the little girl. She was sweet. She went to Joseph City School and graduated. And she was high in her class. And we loved her, loved this family. 
But he got crossed up with me about it. God's plan called for bearing burdens. I say the truth in you. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. And I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 to 33. God's plan called for burden, bearing burdens. Sometimes we got to bear burdens. I'm going to tell you something. Being a pastor is a hard situation. And it's rough now, worse than it was when I was pastoring back there, when I built a couple of churches. But I'm going to tell you this. People don't want to go to church no more. They'd rather stay up. They'd rather go to ball games. They'd rather go fishing and hunting instead of go to church. They don't want to learn about God. They don't want to learn how to live. They don't want to how to uh, pray. They don't want to how to get a Bible reading. I'm going to a Bible study. They don't want that no more. And they don't want to go to church no more. They don't want to sing in the choir no more. They, want to, they don't want to go on visitation. They got other things they want to do on Saturday and Thursday nights. God's plan called for bearing burdens. And we preachers got to bear just about everybody's burden. And it'll get you down sometime. I've carried some burdens that I didn't want to carry for people. But I had to because I was their pastor. And it broke my heart. Got me down at times. I carried a burden for other preachers that I knew. They were struggling, going through problems. And I carried them burdens on my back, praying for them, calling them, going to see them, trying to encourage them. And we had a man that was taking the girls off the streets, boys off the street, mostly girls. He had a girls home over there in Arcadia, Louisiana. He had about 100 acres there, 50 acres. And Brother Mac Ford, he was doing well. He was getting all them kids at the courts didn't want. He was taking them in. Drug addicts and stuff. Demon-possessed girls. All kind of walks of life. And he was helping a lot of them. A lot of them run off and he couldn't help. But he tried. The state shut him down finally. But I think I heard that he was going with one of the girls. She was a young lady now. That he'd helped get straightened out in her life. I think he was messing with her some. He was a married preacher, a good preacher. He could preach it, and he had a good thing going, but he lost it all because he messed up. He wasn't watching what he was doing, his reputation, and he lost his reputation. When I just said, people were looking at him. We're spectators in the world, and to angels and to men. And evidently he done. I would have never thought he'd done what he'd done. But he did, with a younger girl. And he finally got to him, the devil got him. And the third thing is submission to a power. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all, all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Power in face of great odds. When I started that church in Johnson City, I had seven preachers come to me. 
get out of town. They didn't want another church. A millionaire said he was going to starve me out of town. I wasn't getting a piece of property his mama gave me. They didn't need another Baptist church in Junction City, Arkansas. And I had people who didn't know nothing about the independent fundamental Baptist church. And they fought me when I stayed there. He didn't starve me out. I got money in the bank in Junction City where he said I couldn't get it. I tried five different banks and couldn't get out of four of them. I come back to Junction City and got walked out discouraged. God told me to go back in there. In five minutes I got it, the loan I needed. So I want to tell you something. I'm submissive to a power, God's power. When God tells you to do something, do it. Don't worry about it. Power to overcome temptation. I've been tempted in my ministry, and I was tempted more in my car business because my daddy had a lot of women, but I never did mess up my marriage. wasn't a woman I want to mess with other than my wife, and I had the power to overcome temptation, power to sing at midnight in jail. Paul sung at midnight in jail with the prisoners. Jail cells opened up, and they got out in the prison. God fixed to kill himself. Paul stopped him, stopped him. Power to face the chopping axe. I am ready to be offered. Power he faced. Paul faced the chopping axe. He was ready to be offered. He's going to a new place. And he didn't have to worry about anything anymore. He was going to heaven, and he knew it. He was going to be with his master. And that's all he was worried about. And I want to ask you if you listen to this message. I want you to, if you're not saved, pray and ask God. By your head, ask God to come into your heart and save you and forgive you of your sins. If you are saved, you're a Christian and you're in a backslidden condition, I want you to ask God to forgive you of your sins and get yourself reinstated. And, and ask him to forgive you of what you've done and tell him you're going to start living a Christian life again. And you do that and I'll lie to him. And God will bless you. Father, you bless the people that's listening to this message. And let them respond to the gospel. In Jesus' sweet name I ask this. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana. Talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.